Hello, my name is Maggie Taggart. I'm a broadcast journalist and I was BBC Northern Ireland's education correspondent for 20 years. Now I've linked up with the Equality Commission for a series of podcasts on tackling educational inequalities. We'll be looking at the problems and also the innovative ideas to deal with them. Today I'm talking to a man closely identified with community work on Belfast Shankill Road for many years. He's Chief Executive Officer of the Greater Shankill Partnership, Jackie Redpath. That organisation is particularly interested in children, young people and families. In an area marked by economic disadvantage for decades, it has tried to improve chances for children and families to achieve their full potential. Jackie was instrumental in creating Northern Ireland's first children and young people's zone in 2014. Jackie, I think the first thing we need to do is a verbal picture of the Greater Shankill area. What's it like there? Yeah, well, the Greater Shankill uh, is a well-known community, obviously, in Belfast and beyond, uh, which has very intense community infrastructure and historically has been a very, very strong place. But it went through what we call the perfect storm in the 1970s and 1980s of massive redevelopment, which you couldn't exaggerate the impact of that. The decline of Belfast's old industrial base where we're, we're People on the Shankill found their work in linen industry, shipbuilding, engineering, and then, of course, the Troubles, and it was very much at the epicentre of the conflict over over 35 years. So any one of those things on their own would have been quite devastating for any community together. They created like a perfect storm, and we still live with the legacy of that perfect storm. So the area has a very unique character, but also the problems that have come from that time and that perfect storm, as you say, must still be there at the present time. Yeah, and I mean, they're wide ranging and not in any particular order. There's there's the legacy of the troubles, obviously a legacy of the conflict and the trauma and what's now being recognised as transgenerational trauma that has come from from that. Uh, the redevelopment left behind a broken community, you know, whether there used to be uh, an extended family structure that was very supportive of one another. Now, you know, that has been been, you know, people have been moved out to other parts of Northern Ireland, other parts of the city and, and left behind really half a community, if you want. I mean, the population is reduced from 76,000 down to 23,000. So over 50,000 people were, were moved out of the Shankle. That would be devastating anywhere. Then you had the traditional jobs that were lost. And I suppose in terms of educational underachievement, which is a feature of life, particularly in the Shankle, We've looked at, at why it exists, you know, and we've tried to look at the cause of the cause of the causes. And if, as we've gone back, we've realised that that old industry in Belfast where Shankill people found their work in the shipyard and Mackey's and Linen, you didn't need a single exam to your name. I was the last generation in the Shankill that didn't need an exam to their name to make their way in life. Uh, you didn't need a, 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 an O-level as it was or a, a senior certificate or junior certificate way back in the day. Uh, you went in there and the word was your education started with your apprenticeship. Now, when all those jobs essentially went in one generation, we were left behind with a community that never had the value learning and education uh, in the way that others did because it wasn't needed. Uh, your pathway in life was a given. And as a result of that, we're still recovering from that quite dramatic um, quite dramatic situation. Is there any recovery? Because, uh, I mean, it's well known that uh, the underachievement among Protestant boys in particular is quite dramatic. What have you tried to do to change that? 
Well, I mean, the, the approach that we have taken has been quite radical in that uh, we have over the years, you know, there, there's been many, many initiatives over the years from government, from agencies, from schools, from all sorts of people and from the community to try and address this. And none of them have transformed the situation. Some of them have been good, some of them not so good, but none of them have been transformative. So what we're trying to do is to say, look, this is a place, a particular place with a particular problem that needs a particular focus. And as a result of that, uh, seven years ago, we designated the Shankill as a, as a children and young people zone, not as an education zone, because we, once you use the word education, people automatically go schools. And one of the big issues that we have learned, and I sat recently on a panel looking at education underachievement that produced a report, a fair start. And one of the startling statistics we were given at the beginning of that from the Department of Education was that a child between the age of four and 18 only spends 13% of their waking hours in school. 87% of a child's life and young person's life from 40 to 18 is spent in other settings. And if, if we think that just sorting the schools out will sort it all out, it won't. It's too big a job because the major influences on a child are actually outside of school. They're in the home. They're in the family, they're in the street, they're in the community, they're with their peers, they're in the environment that they live with, all those contexts. And the zone is called the children and young people zone because it's about the child, it's about the young people, not just one aspect of their life. It's trying to address all the contexts and bring those together uh, that a child lives their life in. Which is a very big task. Mm. Describe to me some of the efforts you're making. Well, you're right, it is a big task. It's a generational task. This will not be fixed in a one-year, three-year or five-year piece of work. This is one generation of change that it will take, and our focus is on 20 to 25 years that this will take. But that doesn't mean that we don't start uh, the journey now, and, and, and that's really what we have done. So the big important thing is we've put the child and young person at the centre of all this and all the contexts that they live their lives in. And obviously the key to this that's widely recognised now is that a, a formative, the greatest formative influence in a child's life is those early years. So getting that right is, is a big, big issue. Now that's bigger than what we can do, but we can do what we can in the shankle, but it requires right across Northern Ireland, you know, that that those early years journey, that first thousand and one days, that there's like a seamless journey of support there for children uh, in, in those very early days and for their families. It's not automatic that you know what to do when you have a baby. Uh, and, and, you know, that sort of support's essential. And things through Sure Start and Daycare and a whole range of things, but they need joined up. They need joined up. And... What we discovered through the work that we've done in SureStart and in another programme called Integrated Services for Children and Young People is that we never ever came across a parent and particularly a mother and particularly a mother with a young baby who didn't want something better for that child. Whatever their circumstances, however difficult their life might be, and sometimes it's awfully difficult, however difficult that is, we never came across someone who didn't want something better. And that was like a, a light bulb moment for us, where, where we said, how do we find out what that something better is? Because government called that an outcome. It's the change that somebody wants. And we said, simple, you go and talk to them. So we've started this process of conversations with, with young parents, and but with when children and young people are old enough to talk to us, 
uh, about the story they want their life to be. And then having told us that story of how they want their life to be, we are talking to them and designing the pathway to get there and then putting sustained support around them a day at a time for as long as it takes, one child at a time. That's quite a different approach because it involves every context, the home, the street, the organisations that children are in, the schools, involves all of that. So we're trying to get that, uh, Maggie, that collective impact together around each child on the journey that they're on and in the belief that that will build into um, collective change at a level and that's when we'll know we're winning. We're not there yet. What can you do with the families? I mean, do you have any support for them that if they have problems with literacy or something like that or just don't realise the importance of education? Well, I mean, every family wants something better for their child than what exists at the moment. So that's a good, a good, good starting point. And finding out what that is, is, is the important thing. And we do that through these, these conversations. And I mean, we have built good infrastructure in the Greater Shankill to support families through integrated services for children and young people, the family support hubs, and a, a number of organisations who are working to support families, not just when there's difficulties, but when it's a light touch support that's needed, or sometimes it, it needs to be more intense support. But we have developed that infrastructure, as have other agencies. But this this really takes a collective approach for every child in the Greater Shankill, and obviously the family is a vital part of that. And do you get in the cooperation you need from, from authorities and from charities and voluntary groups? When we set up the zone and when you first talked to us in 2014, the then Minister of Education called all the other ministers that were relevant to children's lives into a room and there was seven different departments there and they endorsed the Greater Shankill Children and Young People Zone. So we need support and we get support when it's there uh, and we're not complaining about that because... There is a lot happening at the moment that we're taking forward. Obviously, COVID has been a major impact and nobody knows what the full impact of COVID will be because it's too early to say, uh, except that we know that it will have a negative impact on children's lives. So we're going to have to pick up from that again. That that has knocked us back. And that's why this is a generational approach. It's not a quick fix. There will always be things to knock us back. Given that it is a very long time scale, you're talking about uh, generational, is it difficult to keep up the enthusiasm for this sort of effort? Yeah, that's a major thing, uh, not least among ourselves, but but elsewhere as well, because you do get knocked back and people say, what's, what's the point? But there are key things that are happening that are very, very encouraging. And I mean, if you take one of the, the, the schools that the, most of the boys in the Shankle go to, the boys model, are actually, you know, turning the curve in terms of achievement that results at GCSE and A-level and actually closing the gap, uh, not just, you know, on a yearly uh, uh, improvement, but closing the gap on what is the average across Northern Ireland. So there are encouraging signs that things are changing, but it's a long, hard road and, and requires us to keep at it, start early and keep keep going. We're not on our own on this. There's other people doing these place-based approaches, which means you go to where the underachievement is at its at its most concentrated. You go to those places and there's a long, long journey to be done on that in Northern Ireland. First start report 
that I was involved in uh, that, that's been adopted by the Northern Ireland Executive, you know, for implementation. That has identified, you know, throughout Northern Ireland that there are particular places where there are concentrations of underachievement. It's in Belfast, it's in Londonderry, but also in provincial towns like Newton Ards and Bangor and uh, big housing estates in Antrim, Coleraine, etc. So these are places that we need to go to get partnerships working between schools and communities that are strong partnerships to deal with all the contexts that children live their lives in, not just the 13% of their time that they spend in school, but also the 87% of their time that they spend elsewhere. Do you have any connections with, with local employers, people like that? Yeah, well, we have community infrastructure in the Shankill that does work with local employers. Impact Training would, would do that, and we have a job assist centre. I mean, we have big partners who have come in behind the children's own. Queen's University would be a key partner with us. Pricewaterhouse Coopers would be a partner. Ulster University, Ulster Orchestra, many people, some of them unlikely, are actually working on a consistent basis with us to take forward the children's zone and, and what we need to do. So employers are part of that. But our big emphasis is going back, back, back to get this right at the beginning. If you want to go upstream to sort this out, it's not just about getting a job at the end, though that's that's very, very important. And do those unlikely partners, as you call them, the orchestras, uh, the, the universities, do they come into the Greater Shankill area or are they working you know, at a distance? Well, absolutely. If you take the Ulster Orchestra, for example, before COVID, because obviously they've had their issues during COVID, uh, like like so many others, uh, we're actually rehearsing in the Spectrum Centre on the Shankill on a very regular basis and are working with Queen's in a number of our primary schools on a programme called Crescendo. The orchestra and people that work with them are in the schools doing that from P1 right through to P7, Malvern Primary School, Wheatfield and some schools in West Belfast as well in the Collin area. And then Queen's are in the Centre for Evidence of Social Innovation, measuring the impact of that music programme on concentration, self-regulation, uh, behaviour, etc. So it's not just a music programme. And that's concrete stuff that the Ulster Orchestra, for example, are committed to, along with Queen's as, as these partners. Are you finding that people who live in the Greater Shankill area are, are reluctant to go outside of the area for, for jobs or for education? I think that's breaking down, Maggie. Now, I think that was a case. Obviously, during the Troubles, whatever community you were from, you were very careful about moving outside it. Uh, and now, you know, the shipyard jobs, etc., that were, you know, in East Belfast are out of people's memory now, really, you know. But we're finding that young people are much more mobile now than, than they were and they are willing to move, you know, and to travel for, for less less insular. And a lot of youth programmes are encouraging that, you know, that uh, the likes of Street Beat in our city and Springboard, those programmes that people are doing are widening young people's horizons. There's no quick fix, you've made that very clear already, but what would success look like to you? Success will look like whenever there is a culture that is committed and appreciating learning, whenever that becomes the norm, that that will be when we know we are winning. The mother of all children's zones is called the Harlem Children's Zone in, in New York. Now, it's American, but we've learned a lot of lessons from it. And they talk about a tipping point that when you get somewhere around about 60 to 65% engagement 
around these issues with children and young people, it begins to take on a life of its own. Uh, and that's been their experience. So we're looking for where that tipping point is. Uh, we're not there yet. Is it too soon to, to share any personal stories of successes you've had? Well, we've begun at the beginning, so these things are emerging and there are amazing stories coming through of, of children and young people who are achieving great things and, and who are surprising people. And I think one of the good things is that that's becoming much more normal. I mean, there's a percentage of young people now going on to university from the Greater Shankill uh, that would not have been there 15 years ago by any manner or means. So there are, there are changes, changes being made. I'm sure you have some champions from the area in the past who are coming back in to, to share their experiences. Yeah, indeed we have. And I mean, one of those is that the churches in the area have come together and there's an initiative there where they are calling on parishioners who maybe came from the Shankill originally, but long since departed to outside Belfast, etc., but are coming back to do shared reading with children in the schools and to share their experience of life. So, I mean, that's a practical example of, of what's happening. And again, COVID has made that very difficult because the schools have difficulty letting people in and stuff. But, but we will pick that up and is being picked up again on the other side of this uh, pandemic. Is it a bit of a downer for you, having started this, to think that the real success will be so far in the future? You mean I won't be about for it? <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not at all because, um, you know, I love gardening and I understand the notion of planting seeds <laughs> and I understand the notion of them taking a while to grow. I'm very happy. I have, I have grandchildren in the Shankill and I'm very content that they will see the benefit of this. Jackie Redpath, thank you very much for sharing your experiences. If you are interested in the topics we've been discussing, this is one of a series of podcasts from the Equality Commission dealing with educational inequalities. You can find them all on the Equality Commission's website.